Well, good morning, everybody here from Abundant Hope Church in Downey, California. We're back here at Healing for Church Orphans, and it is Healing by the Word of God. We are studying and continuing to study, reading the Word of God out loud. Out loud, this is an oral book. This Bible we have, it ended up on scrolls and on papers like we have here in books, but it began as oral testimony. We're going to review where we started last week. We're going to go to Deuteronomy 31. So it's uh, at Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, book number five of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And this is the books that they had on hand. When Joshua told his people to meditate in the word of God in Joshua 1.8, Meditate on the word of God day and night and then your way would be made prosperous. You will make your way prosperous. And what we see here, that is reading the word of God in the morning and the word of God at night. And in our busy times, I know that's difficult. But I do make what I, before I leave the bed, I have a Bible there with me and I read it out loud and I get to clear my voice in the morning And this morning it was on Psalm 70, only five verses there. So it didn't take long this morning. But let us look at Deuteronomy 31, starting in verse 9. We were here last time, and this is of Moses. In verse 9 he says, Moses wrote this law and delivered it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. Verse 10. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, at the appointed time in the year of release, at the Feast of Tabernacles, verse 11, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in this place, in the place he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. That means out loud. Everyone gathers at the place the Lord chooses and they will read it out loud at the end of seven years on the Feast of Tabernacles. Verse 12. Gather the people together, men and women and little ones and the stranger who is within your gates. If you got an old King James Bible, it'll say, and the alien who is within your gates. That means a non-citizen. That they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully observe all the words of this law. The word fear there means to reverence, respect, and with awe. It does not mean a trembling, uh, frightful fear. It means respect. Verse 13, and that their children who have not known it, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you crossed the Jordan to possess. They hadn't possessed the land at this point. Moses was still alive. By the time they did cross over, Joshua would lead them. Moses would be left behind and the angels literally would bury him. So what we see here, so that the children may know, every seven years you gather at a certain place and you hear 
the, the five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and that they would hear it in their out loud, spoken out loud, so that the children may know, just in case the parents had failed to teach them. Can you imagine churches at the end of every seven years would stand? You didn't sit. You stood and heard the word of God that we would stand here from Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books. Boy, would we get some, I don't know if you call it exercise, but stamina, standing. But it would be so that the children for sure would hear it in their hearing. So Moses emphasized that. I want us to go to the left in our Bibles, to Deuteronomy 17. What about the leaders? What about the leaders? How did this affect them? Go to Deuteronomy 17. Before Moses read that to them, 17 verse 14. This is the principles governing leaders. Verse 14, and this is Moses speaking. When you come to the land which the Lord your God is giving you and possess it and dwell in it and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me. 15, you shall surely set a king over you whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among your brethren you shall set as king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother, verse 16, but he shall not multiply horses for himself, nor cause the people to return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again, 17. Neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away, nor shall he greatly multiply silver and gold for himself. What's he saying here? He doesn't want the leaders to get too rich. <clears throat> because that way you'll be removed from the people and that you, her, your heart will turn away from the Lord. Verse 18. Also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests, the Levites. It is as if I gave everyone a notepad, biggest you ever saw. And before you become a king or queen, you copy the word of God for yourself. Now they didn't have printing presses then. But to have a future king take just the first five books what happens when you write something? You remember it, don't you? You speak it out loud and you remember it. Those of you who are in high school or college, I would copy down whole paragraphs in the history book. Why? So when I had to do essay questions on the final exam, I could almost write it out verbatim. Some of the teachers thought I cheated. And I said, no. I copied them down. I had a feeling you'd ask a question about that. I had one teacher who questioned me because I remembered the National Defense Act of 1956 in the Eisenhower administration. I kid you not. And I said, 
you saw me, I didn't have anything, but I copied it down the night before and almost memorized it. I knew every part of that law. But the thing is, here they're going to write the first five books before they sit on that throne. Isn't that something? I'll bet you never heard of this before, Bible students. I'll bet you never read this before. Let's keep going. And it shall be with, verse 19, and it shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life. So the, the first five books that he copies down, he's going to read it all the days of his life. I mean, can you imagine you're going to be in the biggest job you ever had if you became a king or queen or president of the United States and you're to copy down the word of God and you're to read it every day for the rest of your life. Uh, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes. Verse 20, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren. Pride. That he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left. And that he may prolong his days in the kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. Copy down the word, the whole word, and again, it was the first five books in those days. Copy it down, and then you keep your copy, and you read it out loud all the days of your life. What did Jesus tell us last week in Mark chapter 4, 424? Be careful what you're listening to. And the week before, we were in Proverbs 4, when it says, when the word of God goes into our minds, our ears, our mind, our eyes, our heart, it is medicine to the body. It is healing and medicine to the body. Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 27. He said, be careful what you put in there. Be careful what you're reading. Be careful, and you're reading it out loud, so you're listening. You got one mouth and two ears, and you're listening. It'll, it, it affects your health. So if you're at home, and you're watching violence, there's these, this program called, I think, CSI, and it begins with a dead body, right? And it's usually from someone who's been torn up or fallen from a building or whatever. Gore. Violence for entertainment's sake. And that works its way through the culture and we see people doing random violence at any time. You know, we got these security cameras and they, we see things outside of Dodger Stadium we never saw before. When I was growing up, we had no trouble walking to our cars at Dodger Stadium. Now there's violence there all over the country because be careful what you hear. Be careful what you look at. You'll, you'll play it out. We have to be very careful. If we're buying into Netflix or Hulu or anything like that and we're getting softcore porn, what we hear and what we see for entertainment is going to play itself out. I mentioned Dodger Stadium because you always post when you and the missus go to Chavez Ravine. And they, 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 they're, they're Dodger fans. You probably remember the Sandy Koufax days and whatnot, because you're about as old as me. Okay, so what we see here is that to be a leader, 
sit on the throne. You're to copy the word of God and read it out loud to yourself for the day. For kings didn't serve four-year terms. They were there for life. They were like the Pope or the Supreme Court. They were there for life. Let's go on, please. I want to, uh, I want to review Mark chapter 4 in the New Testament. I've mentioned it a few times. And in case you didn't get the previous study or you weren't here, go to Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus is talking about seeds. Before this, he talks about seeds, the same seed into four different soils or four different kinds of hearts. And he says in verse 24 of Mark chapter 4, Take heed what you hear, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Verse 25. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. What? Even what you have will be taken away from you. Or even you will gain more. He he. he he starts with be careful what you hear because it affects what you have and what you're going to lose. He goes to material things here. It depends on, it's going to affect your literal prosperity. And you won't find these verses anywhere in the New Testament. Only in Mark 4. And if you look at 4, it is a, it is a chapter of parables and these parables deal mostly with seeds and planted seeds and it says he says in Luke 8.11 when the parable is mentioned there in the early part of Mark 4 it's repeated in Luke 8.11 he says the parable is this the seed is the word of God I have some handouts here where he, Jesus and the disciples and the others talk about the word of God being a seed. In Psalm 107 verse 20, the Lord sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Are you hurting in body? Every flu season you seem to get it, shot or no. You read the word of God out loud, it kills the virus. I'm going to tell you one little story. I've mentioned it before. On Christmas Day one year, no, Christmas Eve, I had taken my mother to the relative's house. And by the time I was driving home that night of Christmas Eve, I was getting sick. I was coming down. I mean, everything was filling up really, really bad. Put mom to bed. I went to bed. And I could hardly, I could hardly move Christmas Day. We'd already done the gift thing the night before, so it was, nothing was interrupted. But I was sick as a dog. And I started taking communion. And I spoke to the virus. I didn't know if it was flu or cold or what. I spoke to the virus during communion and said, Virus, you're dead in Jesus' name. And to make a long story short, on the next day of the 26th, I woke up it was dried up, dead, gone, not even a cough. You know when you get real sick, you have a cough for eight weeks, right? 
It was gone. It was dried up. Um, and that is the last time, three years ago, that I caught I was sick with a cold or virus or flu. I do not take flu shots. As a teacher, I had to. <laughs> I had to take hepatitis shots. I had to take TB tests. You know, when you're a teacher, the state owns you. And <laughs> you just got to deal with that. But I tell you here and now, before God, the seed, the word of God, your words, if there's something wrong with you, if there is a condition you're going through, I don't care if you're 108 years old, arthritis in the name of Jesus, I come against you. What is arthritis? It's an inflammation. Lord, I speak against this inflammation. I speak against it. Lord, I have digestive problems. Uh, let's say an ulcer. Lord, I pray that this ulcer is healed. Grant me wisdom on what I should eat and not eat. I just praise you and thank you that you're healing me now of this ulcer. That's how you approach it. And the best time to do that is communion. I tell you that because it's the table of the Lord. And Jesus said, remember my death on the cross. Remember my death on the cross. I got to take the, the bread out here. Remember my death on the cross. Excuse me. Everybody around the world, take out your communion. Excuse me. This is how I, what I should have done before class started, but I didn't. This should be enough for everybody. Take the communion, excuse me, and you speak against whatever is attacking you. Cancer, cancer cells, you're dead in Jesus' name. How do we know we can do this? Because Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Our words are powerful seeds. And I've known people, I won't mention their names because they're dead and gone. When the doctor told them, we can't do anything more for you. They believed it, they accepted it, and within eight days they were gone. Eight, nine days. It don't take long to die. Step by step, brick by brick, your words affect your body. So let's take communion. We'll take the bread first. For those of you around the world, if you've got a tortilla, a cookie, a potato chip, anything, or a cookie, one time I used water and a cough drop. And no, the cough drop didn't heal me. It was the body of Jesus by his stripes. We are healed. And we receive your healing today, Lord, in our bodies. By your stripes we are healed. Lord, bring us to memory on what we've read today in your word. That leaders should read your word out loud. Or else they're not fit for the throne. That we should read the word of God. And when we read the word of God, our children should hear us. And our grandchildren should hear us. They should have a memory of us reading the word of God out loud. And the reason why we haven't is because we've been ignorant. We didn't learn until today. We are destroyed through our ignorance of the word, it says in Hosea. Hosea 4.6. Forgive us, Lord. Heal us. And by your stripes we are healed as we partake.
Now let's take the cup. The power of the Word of God in our mouths, speaking. And if our kids look at us a little funny, so be it. They're going to look at us funny anyway. They do that all the time. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us by your blood. Cleanse us for our bad words that have hurt others. Cleanse us. Cleanse this country from wicked speech. Cleanse us and cause our leaders to come to repentance on all sides. We come to the cross. And by your blood we are forgiven and washed clean. And we have our righteousness in you. No guilty conscience. We are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. And as I say every week, from number six, the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace. And that the name of the Lord is upon us and we're blessed to be a blessing. Speak good over your children. Speak peace and shalom over your children and your grandchildren. Praise them and plant those good seeds of the word of God in your children and grandchildren. Until we meet again, God bless you. There it is. Amen. So long.